0: amen wow thank you (laughs) guys for leading us so capably and well in worship this morning guys we are going to be in Psalm 67 this morning and so if you would I'd ask you just to open your word your Bible with me to Psalm 67 and if you're new to the Bible I would just tell you the easy way to find that is just to open it right to the middle of the Bible you'll be very very close a little bit closer to the front than the back, but psalm, the psalms, just as you're looking, it, I'll give you a little bit of background on the psalms as they are a collection of 150 different songs or psalms. The psalms were written by different men at different times and in different circumstances. The entire collection was composed over a period that could have spanned a thousand years. It's organized into five books, and they're characterized by Hebrew poetry, which was intended to be sung in public or for private worship. The different genres of psalms that we find throughout the psalms are the hymns of praise, or the hymns of lament, or thanksgiving, or remembrance, or wisdom. Some have said the emotion of the Bible is found in the Psalms. For those, for many, it has given the words to their emotions that they felt. It's allowed them to pour themselves out to God in praise, or it's given them words to pour out their hearts in grief and lament or in just thanks. And this morning in Psalm 67, this is a missional psalm. Someone came up to me in the first service and said I had read the, I read the psalm before the service And they're like, oh, that's Jeremy's psalm. Okay, that makes sense. And uh, I don't know what that means, but okay I'll take it. So uh, Psalm 67 missional psalm Just a little background before we jump in and I read the passage for us today um, We don't know much about the background of this psalm other than what it tells us right there in the heading which means it was written for the choir master Um, That it was intended to be played on instruments of strings, so stringed instruments. Um, We don't know the author of this psalm, though some people say it may have been David, um, but it's anonymous, so we we don't know the author of this psalm. One um, hint to maybe the background of this psalm is in verse 6, where it says the earth has yielded its increase. Um, Some have said maybe it was composed by the psalmist around harvest time. As the earth would have given its increase, it would have caused the psalmist to begin to write or praise God. And that's possible, but I would say that it went, the psalmist went much further than the harvest, and and as you'll see today, he'll take us much further as well. I'm gonna read Psalm 67, I'm gonna pray for us this morning, and then we'll begin to walk through this psalm together. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the earth, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word over these next few minutes, and that's all we have together is just a few minutes this morning, Lord, over these next few minutes, God, I pray, I pray that you would open our eyes, Lord, open our eyes to see wondrous things of who you are this morning. (laughs) Lord, would you open our eyes to see you and your glory and your wonder. And then, Lord, I also pray that you would teach us your ways, Lord. Show us your ways, Lord, that me we may walk in your ways. So, Lord, this morning, open our eyes. Allow us to see you in your wonder and your glory and teach us your ways, that, God, we may walk in your way and be pleasing unto you. And I pray this, Lord, in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. There's one main point to this psalm. <laughs> it will not be on the screen. So I just a little warning, there, there won't be anything on the screen this morning. So um, if you're waiting for it or watching for it, it, it won't be there. I just feel like I need to give that disclaimer. Um, there will not be anything on the screen. So, but there is one main point in this psalm this morning, and it's this. God blesses his people that... His saving power may be made known among the nations and that he would be praised and enjoyed among all peoples. Main point, God blesses his people that his saving power may be made known among the nations and that he would be praised and enjoyed among all peoples. Our psalm begins with the psalmist crying out to God. (laughs) I attribute this emotion to him. I'm not sure. It's kind of like Kevin was saying, we don't know the melody, but I I attribute to him emotion. But I see or I hear when I read it, I, I read it this way. Our psalmist begins with crying out to God for blessing. He wants and desires God to bless them. He wants them to bless Israel And he cries out for God to be gracious to them, to bless them, and to make his face to shine upon them. The psalmist is making his request to God using words that were familiar to him and familiar to us as well. You may have heard these these words because we've sung them right here in this congregation. Over the congregation and over individuals, we've sung this blessing it's called the ironic blessing, and it's possible that even if this was a festival or harvest, they could have been quoting this this blessing at that harvest. So this may have been what drew his heart up and caused the writing of the psalm. But it's called the ironic blessing because it was given to Moses for Aaron. To speak over the people and these were the words that God gave he said the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace it would not have been unusual for the psalmist to use these words in fact they were used many times in Israel for blessing what is significant is the psalmist includes himself He is praying them not only over Israel, but also including himself. Lord, be gracious to us, bless us. May your face shine upon us. There is a passion deep in the heart of this psalmist for God to bless the nation of Israel. He desires it, he cries out for it. The psalmist knows there's nothing in and of himself or themselves which is deserving of God's blessing. And so he begins his cry with a cry for God's grace and his mercy to give them what they do not deserve. Oh Lord, be gracious to us, be merciful to us. And then the psalmist asks for God's blessing. He asks for God's goodness to be poured out on them spiritually and physically. Again, the physical blessing may have been driven by the harvest that they had just brought in. And so he's asking God, be gracious as you have been in the provision of your goods, but he also goes to the spiritual blessings. He asked for God's mercy and grace. He asked for God to shine his face upon them. He said, may your face shine upon us, Lord, his glory. He said, Lord, would you let your glory be turned toward us or your light to be shined down upon the people of Israel. Some have said his smile. (laughs) Lord, would would you smile upon your people? He's asking for God's favor. That God would turn his face towards them and show them favor, their favor in the presence of all peoples. He said, would you show your favor to us, Lord? that God would bless them in such a manner that it would be evident to all peoples that God, you are God, and we are your peoples. And then the, and then the psalmist injects a word. <laughs> I didn't read it because it's not to be read, but you'll see it in the text after verse one, Selah. It actually means to take a breath or to rest or to pause. It was used in music. And since I do not know music, I called Kevin Batson. That's what you do when you don't know music and you need help. And so I called Kevin Batson and I said, Kevin, <laughs> I was like, is this what this means to pause, to rest, to breathe? And he said, yes. And I asked him, I said, is it, is it in our music today? Like if I was to look at a sheet of music, would it have something similar to this? And he said, yes, it's called a notated rest. He said, I like to tell my people there's a reason for the rest. It provides a moment to reflect before you move on to the next note. And then sometimes with the psalmist, it was not only to reflect, but to prepare. Because the next note was going to be strong. And that's the case here. But before I move on, I, I do wanna make one comment, <laughs> which I think was good, a point that um, I heard from David Platt. I did not call David Platt like I called Kevin. Um, <laughs> but I heard David Platt say this, when I, I, but I thought it was good. He said, many of us do not see this in the Psalm or when we are praying for blessing as a pause. We don't see it as a pause, like to move on from or to point toward the next thing. He said we see it more as a period. We pray this prayer, but we are the focus of the prayer. We ask God to be gracious to us, to bless us, to shine his face upon us, that we might be blessed and favored, and then we stop. The favor doesn't move on from us, it rests upon us. It's for our good, for our ease, for our opulence, for our storehouses. But that's not how the psalmist is praying. (laughs) There's not a period, just a pause. And the next word, some would say, is the most important word of the whole psalm. That (laughs) doesn't seem like a very significant word in and of itself. When you're looking for significant words in the text, for those words that hold meaning, it's not that significant, but when you realize that that is pointing to something, so that. And the psalmist is saying, oh God, would you bless us? Like, shine your face upon us so that. There's a purpose. So that your way may be known on earth. This is what it's for. God bless us, be gracious to us, be merciful to us. May your face shine on us, so that your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power among all nations." It it points to the purpose of the psalmist's request for blessing, not that he or they may enjoy the blessing of God for themselves only, but that they may now be a blessing to others. And now we begin to hear the spirit of this prayer of the psalmist, I would say not only the Spirit, but the, the power of this prayer. The words he's stating are from the ironic blessing, but the Spirit and the power of this prayer comes from the promise of hope that was given to Abraham. The psalmist is rooting this prayer in a promise of God. <laughs> he roots it in one of the most foundational promises in all of the Bible. After Noah and the flood and the Tower of Babel, you may remember the peoples have been scattered out across the earth, and their languages have been confused. And then God comes to a man named Abraham, and he chooses him, and he speaks these words to Abraham. He says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. So that, and there it is again. He says, "I will, I will give you a land. I will make of you a great nation." This is a point where Abraham had no son, it's just him and Sarah, and they are old. It's a promise of hope, but it takes trust and faith. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, Abraham, so that you then will be a blessing. <laughs> Same heart of the psalmist. I will bless those who bless you, and, in, in, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The psalmist is making his request for blessing based on the promise of God to Abraham and Abraham's family, (laughs) the people of Israel. In them, he says, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is a salvific blessing. It's a salvific blessing. God is working out his plan of redemption, which he began in the garden. God began his plan to redeem a people for himself with a promise to Eve in the garden. He promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And through this family, Abraham's family, now here comes the promise all the families of the earth would be blessed. This seed of the woman that was promised to Adam and Eve, he now says, This seed will come through your family, Abraham. Your, this seed will come through your nation, the nation of Israel. And it, now you. And this way will be a blessing unto all nations. It's a salvific blessing. And this is what the psalmist desires. He desires for Israel. This is what he's praying. Oh, Lord, bless us. (laughs) Make your face shine upon us, Lord. Why? That your way may be known and your saving power among all peoples. This is what the psalmist desires. He wants the promise given to Abraham to continue. He desires for Israel to fulfill their purpose. He's like, Lord, let us fulfill your purpose of bringing salvation to the nations. Lord, let us bless us to be blessed, to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And so he prays, oh, God, God. Bless us that your way may be known on the earth. Bless us, God, that your saving power may be known amongst all the nations. The heart of the psalmist is that all the peoples would know and experience the saving power of God. (laughs) That's why he's asking for the blessing. Old Testament believers, just so if you're wondering, they were saved In the same way we are saved today, by grace through faith. They trusted in the promises of God. (laughs) They trusted that God would fulfill his promise and he would provide a seed of a woman who would come. And though, though he would be bruised in the process, he would crush the head of the serpent death and sin (laughs) would lose their power. This promise was made more clear when God clothed the man and the woman with animal skins. They themselves had tried to clothe themselves in shame. Pray they used big leaves. They tried to sew leaves together and clothe themselves. But God, God made for them clothing. God clothed the man and the woman with the skins of an animal. The animal, having died in their place, a symbol of the seed of the woman that would be bruised. The animal was representing that something had to perish, something had to die in your place, so the animal died. It paid the price for their sin. It paid the price of their death, and it made a a way for man (laughs) to be reconciled, brought back into fellowship with God. God would provide a seed of a woman who would take our place. He would pay the price of death for us in this seed of promise. In the, promise, in the process, he would then reconcile us back to God. This seed would come through the peoples of Abraham and his family. This picture of a substitute in our place was played out in the Old Testament again and again and again through the sacrificial system. As an animal would die for the sins of the people, symbolizing there is one coming. (laughs) The seed of a woman will come through the people of Abraham. He will perish for your sins. And then the prophets, (laughs) the prophets prophesy. They prophesy one who would come and he would be pierced for our transgressions. He would be crushed for our iniquities. The Lord would lay on him the iniquity of us all. So though the Old Testament believers did not know the fulfillment of these promises, they trusted in God's word. Their faith was in the promise to come and in the one who had given the promise. D.A. Carson says this, By the arrangement of God, the sins were dealt with. Even if they did not see the whole arc of the redemptive story as clearly as we we can, now looking back the other direction, the sacrifice became enigmatic of the ultimate sacrifice that was yet to come. The Israelites were expected to take God at His word and to trust Him to forgive their sin according to all of His mercies. Tim Keller says, Saving faith is not believing that God is there Further, it's not believing in God who saves, it's believing God when he promises a way of salvation, that he has provided a way of salvation. So the psalmist requesting God's blessing, oh, Lord, bless us, make your face to shine upon us, is making this blessing and this request to make God's way known. His saving power amongst all the nations. Oh Lord, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power amongst all peoples. And then the psalmist prays again. He cries out, let all the peoples, <laughs> I love this because he just kind of steps up. Let all the peoples, Lord, let all the peoples praise you, O oh God, right? Let all the peoples praise you. He says it twice, <laughs> and then he says it again for emphasis, this is, this is the purpose right here. Let all the praise you, God, let all the peoples praise you. He says it again, let all the peoples praise you, oh God, let all the peoples praise you, this is the purpose. This is the emphasis of the psalm. The psalmist has put his trust in the promise given to Abraham that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the natural outcome of God's saving power being made known amongst the nations is that the nations praise him. If God blesses and his saving power goes forth, the reaction, the response is praise of God's peoples. So he cries out, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. It's just that psalmist have been taken up to another level, and as he's been praying for God's blessing and for God's saving power to be known amongst all the nations, all of a sudden the realization just hits him this will happen. And then he cries out, Yes, Lord, for you are worthy. You are worthy of all the praise of the nations. For you alone, O God, save. Let the Lord, Lord, let the nations praise you. And then he says, Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why? (laughs) What brings gladness and joy to the hearts of the nations is that God judges his people with equity. All the peoples are judged in the very same manner, for the very same standard. We're all held to the very same standard. Every nation and tribe and tongue is held to the very same standard. Every person in this room is held to the very same standard. Perfection, righteousness, you must be perfect. But no one is perfect. No nation is perfect. No one has acted perfectly before God. No one has obeyed Him perfectly. All, the scriptures say, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But God has made for man and all mankind and every tribe and every tongue and every nation one way of salvation. He judges the people with equity. They're all under the condemnation of God. But He's made one way of salvation for all the peoples. Whether Israel or Gentile, God has provided in the promised seed a hope for all mankind. God's guidance. He says, oh, God's guidance. He guides the peoples upon the earth. This brings joy because God is sovereign. And his hand brings joy to the nations. God guides the peoples upon the earth. He literally turns the hearts of kings, his sovereignty, his authority. He has the power and the authority to fulfill his plan and his way of salvation. And so it brings the people to gladness and it brings them to sing for joy, knowing that the God who has promised salvation can and will fulfill salvation The psalmist praise again <laughs> let the peoples praise you oh god let the peoples praise you and then he finishes referencing the harvest again and some again like we said before this is what brought him to this point of worship of god and crying out for blessing from god and but some also say that maybe it's his heart was raised up. Let all the peoples praise you, O Lord. I'll let all the peoples praise you. And he thinks of the salvation of the Lord. All of a sudden, his heart begins to go, Lord, the earth will give up its increase, right? The peoples and the nations will come in, Lord. <laughs> the earth will give up its increase, Lord. And then he says, God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. And then he ends with, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let all the peoples of the earth stand in awe at his great power, his power to save all peoples, his authority over all creation, that he alone is God. The truth of this psalm is God blesses his people that his saving power may be made known among the nations and that he would be praised and enjoyed among all peoples. Just as the psalmist and those in the Old Testament look forward to the promise and its fulfillment, we, and this is good news. <laughs> We have the privilege of seeing in full the promise fulfilled. God has revealed his promised seed of the woman, the one who came through the family of Abraham, through the tribe of Judah, through the line of David, the sacrificial lamb, the suffering servant who has taken upon himself the iniquity of all. He has been revealed. God's promise came in the form of, of his very own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us (laughs) and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the father full of grace and full of truth. The angel talking to Mary Mary questions, how how can this be, Lord, that I will have a baby? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Angel to Joseph, she will bear a son, speaking of Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus. (laughs) We have the name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin, the seed of the woman. John the Baptist looking up, and this is one of my favorite pictures. I can just see John the Baptist. He's been preparing the way, right? And saying, He's coming, he's coming, the seed of the woman is coming, right? The blessing is coming, he's coming. I'm here to prepare the way. Repent, turn. And then all of a sudden, one day, as he's baptizing in the water of the Jordan, he looks up, and on the bank is Jesus. And he said, Behold, like to the people all around, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus died for our sins on a cross. He was buried into a tomb, and he was raised on the third day. 2 Corinthians says this, God made him to be sin, who knew no sin, that we, we might become the righteousness of God. This verse right here <laughs> saved me. I was telling you, my eyes were opened. <laughs> I love this verse. Because what he said is God made him to be sin. Literally on the cross, God took all of my sin and placed it upon his own son. <laughs> placed my sin upon his son and punished him. He died in my place. But in that transaction, he took the perfection and the rightness and the righteousness of his own son and placed it upon me so that he might declare me righteous in his sight. You who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Mm. Another one of my favorite passages. (laughs) i got a lot of them. Man, this is the picture of heaven right here. I love going to heaven. (laughs) I love the pictures of heaven. And God has not only shown us and given us his son, and we now know in full, but he also, through John, points on further. We get to see further into the very end of the age, right? We get to see further through John's revelation. And so here he's seeing, he's literally, his eyes have been opened. He's seeing this going on, and he sees that there's a scroll, but no one is worthy to open the scroll. But then they say, weep no more. Behold, here, right here is the lion, the tribe of Judah. From Abraham, Isaac, right? Jacob, Jacob's children, Judah. Here he comes. Here's the one through Abraham, the root of David. He has conquered. So he can open the scroll. And then when John turns, thinking he's going to see the lion of Judah, who does he see and what does he see? A lamb. <laughs> Standing though in victory, as if though it had been slain. And they says they sang a new song. Listen to this song. Worthy are you, I'm gonna put in the name Jesus, to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from where every tribe, this is in heaven, you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. I have to read this one from the text. Revelation 7. (laughs) After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they were crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to the Lamb. I think this prayer (laughs) of the psalmist is as much for us today as it was for the psalmist in that day. God is still blessing his people to be a blessing to all nations. During the days of Israel, the nations came to Israel to see and understand the blessings of the Lord. But today, God is sending his people out. He has commissioned His people to take the power of His salvation to all peoples and nations and tribes and tongues that they may know Him and His saving power and praise Him and enjoy Him forever. (laughs) Listen to the words of Jesus (laughs) commissioning His disciples, His church, us, Jesus says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to his, in his name. To whom? All nations, beginning here in Jerusalem. Jesus again, Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <laughs> right now in the world, <laughs> there are approximately 11,000 people groups, tribes, tribes tongues, nations, (laughs) 11,000, and 7,000 of them are considered unreached peoples, (laughs) 4.5 billion people, (laughs) no access to the gospel of Christ. The good news of the saving power of Christ, they cannot have access to They have no opportunity to enjoy him or praise him. They are still under the curse, and if they die, they die under the curse and face eternal punishment in hell. So I think the psalmist models for us a heart and a passion and an obedience that we as followers of Jesus must continue We must cry out for the Lord, bless us, be gracious to us, make your face to shine upon us and not stop there. We don't put a period there. It's just a pause. Don't let the blessing rest on us, but cry out that we might make his way known upon the earth, his saving power amongst all the nations. Here's the truth. (laughs) God made a way of salvation for all the nations. There is no other name under heaven by which men might be saved. And here's the promise. Everyone in Romans, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. This morning we're going to close (laughs) with a prayer. We're literally just going to pray God would bless us, that, Lord, he would shine his face on us, he would show his mercy and grace upon us, that God would make his way of salvation known. And, and I'm going to pray this morning that God, in these next few minutes, if, if you have been wrestling, <laughs> maybe, maybe you've been wrestling with God's call in your life, maybe God's calling you to the nations, but you've been resisting or you've been holding back, maybe in the next few minutes God will just say yes, and you will say yes, and you will go to the nations. Or maybe this morning, you came in this morning and you said, you had no clue that God was about to call you to the nations. But in the last few minutes, God has been calling you, saying, I want you to go to the nations. I want you to carry my way to the peoples of the earth. I want you to take my way of salvation to all peoples. Guys, God is doing this. He's doing this in our midst. We a couple weeks ago a couple went out a couple of weeks We're gonna send another couple out <laughs> but I gotta tell you my heart was moved um, VBS Just a few weeks ago last night of VBS sitting in music and mission Kind of walked in there tried to be there every night just to kind of see and the kids have been watching the Bodoloski family talking about what they do and how they take the gospel and they're going to the peoples and the last night Katie just kind of kind of just says maybe 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 you will be one like this and it was awesome (laughs) this little girl just all of a sudden just man her hand just shot up (laughs) and she just cried out I'll be the missionary I'm I'm, I will be a missionary I'm gonna be a missionary So maybe God's calling somebody this morning, right? (laughs) Maybe somebody this morning, God is calling. You're saying, hey, God's called us to the nations. God's called that he may be praised by every peoples and tribes and tongues, that they may enjoy him forever and ever and ever, for he is worthy of the praise of all peoples. And maybe in your heart this morning, you say, I'll be the missionary. (laughs) I'll go. God's calling me to go. So this morning we're gonna pray. God, would you be gracious to us? Would your face shine upon us that your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power amongst all the peoples. Lord, that's our prayer right now. Lord, I'm along with the psalmist, Father, we are lifting our hearts to you and we're crying out to you, God. <laughs> We are crying out to you, God. Be gracious to us. Be merciful to us, Lord. Bless us, Lord, we pray. God, would you turn your face upon us, Lord? Would you show your favor upon us, Lord? That your way may be known upon the earth. That, Father, your saving power may be known amongst all the peoples. Lord, that... The peoples will praise you, Lord. Let the peoples praise you, oh Father. Let the peoples praise you, oh God. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the nations praise you, oh God. Let the nations praise you. Let me pray. Send us. For you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, you are worthy of the glory and honor and praise of all peoples and tribes and tongues and nations. Lord, bless us. May your face shine upon us. May your way be made known on the earth. May your saving power be made known amongst all the peoples. We pray. Amen.